Would you go with me to John chapter 11? John chapter 11, we began in verse 1 last week. I want to begin reading there this week. We're going to pick up where we left off in last week, but I want to begin reading in verse 1. So would you follow along with me as I read from John John chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 16. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, If he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, a question for you this morning, and I trust you know the answer, and you know it. uh, You know it firmly. You are firmly convinced of the answer, of the truth of this answer. Here's the question Can you trust God with what's best for you? Can you trust God to do what's best for you? Now, I believe you can. I trust you believe you can trust God. For one thing, God's Word repeatedly makes that truth clear, that you can trust God to do what's best for you. And in fact, that's one of the truths of this passage before us this morning. In verses 7 through 16, that's where we, that's where we pick up from where we left off last week. I want to look at a little closer these verses, uh, 7 through 16 this morning. And in these verses, I see... And I want you to see three affirmations for your faith in God. Three affirmations or three reasons why you should place all your trust in God that He knows and does what's best for you. Three affirmations that you can trust God to do what's best for you. Three reasons to place all your faith, your complete trust in God. And for those who are God's children and followers of Christ, I want to 
want to show you these reasons for your encouragement. It's possible you don't know Christ this morning. It's possible you, you're going to hear some of these truths for the first time this morning. And these are, these are to challenge you to put your hope in Christ, to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not leave this place today if you do not know Christ. But here's the first reason why. And, and I don't think we're going to get to two and three this morning. But I want you to see the first one clearly. And this is so important. Likelihood is we'll be doing two and three tonight. So come back. How's that? But here's the first one, and this is so important. We're only going to see, we're only going to see this clearly if we keep our hope and trust in Christ and open our eyes to the truths of His Word. Here's this truth. It's this marvelous truth. You can trust God to lead you in the right direction to the right place at the right time. We said it last week. We said that same, really a powerful truth. We saw it in those first six verses. God's timing is perfect. God's provision is complete. And you can trust Him in those things because you know from His Word and you know from experience that He loves you deeply. But I want you to see this very clearly in the text this morning. You can trust God to lead you in the right direction to the right place at the right time. If you're God's child and you long to serve Him faithfully and be obedient to Him and you're taking in His truth and you're taking steps of obedience, you can trust Him to lead you in the right direction, to the right place, at the right time. You can trust God that He is putting you in the right circumstances in every situation. And we have problems with that, don't we? Because sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances we say, something must have gone wrong because this can't be the right circumstance or situation for me right now. But you can trust Him. If you're taking steps of obedience in your life to honor God with your life, you want to obey Him, you're taking steps of obedience to, to honor His Word and follow His teaching. You can count on it that God is leading you in the right direction to the right place at the right time. I, I qualify that because often often we, we can get so far from God, we can get so far from obeying His truths that we know that we've heard, that we've read for ourselves. And then we find ourselves in hardship and we say, God, how could you possibly lead me here? And the likely is, likelihood is that He didn't lead you there. Your disobedience led you there, right? So we need to be careful about it. We need to say, well, God put me here, even though I'm being disobedient. What's He going to do about it? Can God lead you through the problems you face because you got there because you were disobedient? Absolutely. And God intends to lead you through those problems also if you'll begin trusting in Him, if you'll begin taking steps of obedience. But if you want to have everyday confidence that God is leading you in the right direction to the right place at the right time in all things, you need to take steps of obedience. You need to be obedient to God's Word, don't you? And there's so many things that we know of the truths of God's Word that we need to take steps of obedience to honor Him. A fundamental truth there that we, that we dare not get wrong. Let's begin. Look at verses 7 and 8. Beginning in verses 7 and 8, then after this, he said to, to the disciples, remember he had said, um, let's just stay here a couple of days. <laughs> His disciples might have gone, wait a minute, the one you love, he's ill, extremely ill. Then after this, verse 7, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea. After two days, he said, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Now it seemed to the disciples, and it might seem strange to us also, 
that to go back to a place where they're out to stone you doesn't seem wise, right? It might seem kind of strange. Why would you go back to that place where they were trying to kill you? Does that seem unwise to you? The disciples thought so because they're trying to uh, reason with Jesus about about his timing and about what he's thinking about doing. You could say that the disciples were concerned for his safety because they bring that up, but I'm guessing, too, they were concerned for their own safety. You ever think about when you read that? I'm guessing they were thinking about their own safety. He said, let's go. And they were like, wait a minute. We, uh, they, they're, they're out to kill you. And, you know, they know we're with you. And, you know, it may not turn out well for us as well as for you, Lord. Uh, you ever do that? You ever do that? You find yourself in a difficult situation. You find yourself facing severe hardship even. And you say, God, this can't be good for you. This can't be good for you, Lord. This can't be good for your testimony. And we reason with God about why it might not be good for him. And really deeply, it's we're worried about ourselves, right? And we're, we're failing to trust him in all situations. It seemed like a strange thing to do for Jesus to go back there. And so the disciples reasoned with him. The, the disciples, you know, they were growing in their faith, but they weren't quite, quite there, were they? We're going to see that again and again. They're not quite there. They still needed growing in their faith. They still had their doubts. They still had their fears, and and I would just say be encouraged by that, that you're not alone, right? Because you still have your doubts, as I do, and you still have your fears, as I do, and yet we know if, if we're being faithful, Lord, we're growing in our faith. The disciples, they, they spent days, they spent time with Jesus. You would think that they'd be there by now, right? We say, well, if, you know, if I had walked with Jesus, I'd be, I'd be mature by now, right? Maybe not. Probably not, right? I mean, many of us have walked with the Lord for years and years, and we still realize we're growing in our faith, aren't we? We're still growing in steps of obedience. So look at what Jesus says, verse 9. Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. Now this reference, are there not twelve hours in a day, this this idea here, the Jews considered a day as being made up of of 12 equally divided segments of time. So when they say, when they talk about 12 hours in a day, they're talking about 12 equally divided segments of time, and they're, and they're talking about the daylight hours, the, the hours when they would be out and about doing their work. So if you think about that, their, their 12 hours, so to speak, might be longer sometimes during the year when the daylight's longer and shorter sometimes during the year when the daylight's shorter. And so it wasn't actual 12 hours, but it was their daylight. He considered the 12 hours. Aren't there 12 hours in the day? If anyone, and so you understand when it says, if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Why? Because those, that 12-hour period of time, which was more like 12 segments of time, equally divided through the daylight. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Why? Because he's working in the daylight. He's walking in the daylight, the light of, light of, light of this world. If you're about your business in the light of day, you need not fear walking into anything, right? If you're out doing your business in the daylight, you need not fear stumbling because you can't see where you're going for lack of visibility. Now now think about this with me. The disciples needed to trust God. They needed to trust God, and, and so do we, don't we? The disciples needed to be grown in their faith, and so do we. So think about what's going on here. So what Jesus is saying to the disciples is that it's not yet the appointed hour. 
for, for my death. That's really what he's pointing them to. It's not yet the appointed time. It's still daylight. It's still time to work. When it gets dark, then will be my appointed hour. So it's kind of a, a dual reference. He's using the, the illustration of their, t- their time frame. When they think about the workday, they thought about 12, hour, 12 segments equally divided up of their daylight. And Jesus says, look, when it's daylight, you work. It's still daylight for me. I'm still working. I'm still about my father's business. Yes, there were those who were seeking to harm Jesus, but there'd be none of that until it was time. Think about that. Jesus says, it's still time for me to work. Yes, we're going back into harm's way. Yes, there are people there who want me dead, and they would likely harm you too if they could. But it's still daylight. It's still time for me to work. And God is in control of the timetable. Do you hear that? God's in control of the time frame for Jesus' death. And it's still daylight, disciples. It's still time for me to work. So I'm not afraid to go back where it seems dangerous. See, the disciples' fear for Jesus' safety and their own. But God is in control, isn't he? And you might fear where God might take you. But who's in control? You might fear what you face, but who's in control after all? God is. See, the disciples needed to trust God. They needed to grow in their faith and trust of God. The disciples needed also to follow Christ closely, and so do we. They needed to follow his example. They needed to listen to his words. They needed to obey him and follow him closely, and so do we. So so what's also true here, and it's implied, it's not it's not stated directly, but it's implied here, I think, in Jesus' statement about walking in the day, walking in the light. Think about it. Walking in the light is that is that fellowship with Christ we have. The Bible talks about that. When you walk in the light, you're walking in fellowship to Christ. You're walking in obedience to his word. Is that That's the best way to walk, isn't it? You walk in the light. You walk with the one who is the light of the world. That's the best way to walk, and the disciples needed to learn that, to walk with Christ, to to follow him closely, to follow his teaching closely, to follow his word, to be obedient. So though it's implied here in Jesus' statement about walking in the day, walking in the light, is that's the best way to walk, to walk with the one who is the light. Remember when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, John 8, 12? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in what? They'll not walk in darkness. Why? Because you'll have the light of life. You'll have the light of life. The light of life only comes through the one, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. So follow him closely. He's trying to help his disciples to follow him closely, to to listen, to, to obey. The opposite is also true, right? The opposite is also true. That's why Jesus says in verse 10, But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Did you catch that at the end of that verse? It's an interesting statement. Note he doesn't say that the one who walks in the light stumbles because he has no light. No, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And that's a clear spiritual reference, isn't it? The light of life, Jesus Christ. The one who does not walk with Christ knows nothing of the light that Christ provides. If you are a follower of Christ, 
You can take great hope and encouragement in the fact that, that you have the light within you, Jesus Christ, dwelling within you through His Holy Spirit, helping you, guiding you, directing you, if you will depend upon Him. So walk with Christ. Trust Christ. He will not lead you astray or do you wrong. Know His Word. Follow His Word. And trust Him fully. But look at what follows in verses 11 through 15. Here in, here in John 11, you look at those verses 11 through 15 and you get the idea the disciples still weren't sure about this. This going to where Jesus was a wanted man, it just, just isn't safe, is what they thought. Look at verse, verses 11, 12, and 13. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. So the disciples are here in verse 12 saying, look, wait, if he's sleeping soundly, that must mean he's on the road to recovery. Because, you know, when you sleep, if you're sick, you don't sleep too soundly, do you? You sleep fitfully. If he's sleeping soundly, he must be getting better. So you need not put yourself in harm's way. You need not put us in harm's way either, remember? He'll get better. Don't you see? We don't need to go there after all. And what comes next is, is one of those, is kind of one of those classic, oh, you of little faith statements. Verses 14 and 15, Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Well, let's go to him. So could the disciples trust Jesus to, to lead them in the right direction, to the right place at the right time? Could they trust him? Absolutely. He knows what's best, right? He's God in human flesh. Not only that, but God's in control of the timing. The day the day that Jesus would be the sacrifice for our sins would, would come at the appointed time, the appointed hour. It was not yet time. It was still daylight. It was still t- time to work. So could they trust Him? Absolutely they could trust Him. But did they trust Him? That's the question, right? Can you trust God? Absolutely, you can trust God. But do you trust God? That's a, that's a different question, isn't it? But do you? Note what Thomas says in verse 16. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. We've tried to warn him. Okay? We're gonna, I guess we just, alright, okay, we'll just go where he goes. Let's all die together then. How about that? You kind of see the, the faith and the lack of faith all bundled up in one. Okay, let's go where he's going, but we're all going to die together. There's commitment for you, yes. But it just seems like there's a lack of faith here, isn't there? See, Jesus knew they needed to go. Jesus knew they needed to go back with him. They needed to see him go back and minister, yet in that place that was still a dangerous place for him to minister. So it's not quite looking so good for the disciples, is it? They're, theirs is not a stellar example of faith. They're not quite getting A's in the classroom of faith yet, are they? But Jesus knew they needed to go there. He need, he knows just where, where we need to go 
in the direction we need to go. He knows when we need to arrive. He knows the place we need to be. And can we see this here, how, how gracious and patient Jesus is with his disciples? I'm afraid if it were, if it were me, I'd say, come on already. I said, let's go. Get in the van, all right? Let's go. Just do what I say, all right? Jesus is so gracious with his disciples. He's so patient with them. That's a lesson for us too, isn't it? You may not be where you need to be in your faith, but you can be encouraged that God is faithful. He is faithful to be patient with you. He is faithful to be gracious with you. He is gentle with you. He is loving and kind and gives you just what you need, when you need it. He is, he is seeking to grow you in your faith. If you will take steps of obedience with Christ, with His Word, God is so gracious and patient to, to help you along to take you to the point where you need to be in your faith. Be encouraged. God is gracious and patient with you, and he's patient with me. And let it be instructive to you also when you get frustrated with a brother or sister in Christ that you wish they were further along. Be patient. Be gracious. Because God is with you, is he not? You see it in Jesus' example with his disciples. He doesn't smack them around and say, come on, guys, let's get with the program. He doesn't bully them. He just says, let's go. Follow me this way. Let us go to him. I think it's instructive that Jesus says in verse 15, and for your sake, I am glad. I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe you see, they needed to see Jesus go back to where he was opposed. They needed to see him go back and minister in a place where there were people who did not want him. And yet they, wanted to, he, they, they needed to see him go back to that place and minister and do so unharmed. For the time being, he would go back and minister unharmed, even in a place where there was severe opposition. And they needed to see the miracle of Lazarus raised from the dead. All of it. All of it would be a, a growing and maturing of their faith experience. And they needed that. Do you realize that where God is taking you, you need to go? You need to go where God is taking you. It doesn't, it's not like He needs you to go. It's like you need Him to take you where you need to go. And where He takes you is where you need to be. So can you trust God that he leads you in the right direction to the right place at the right time? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we see it again and again in God's word. I'm so thankful for the examples like the one we have here, again and again, showing that God knows best. And God does not lead us wrong, does he? And God leads in such a way that you, you might serve him most faithfully and effectively as you go where he leads. There are, I think... And I'm afraid a great many blessings God's children would miss out on if it were left to us to choose where we'd like to go in our service for Christ. Have you ever thought about that? If it were up to us to choose where we would like to go, let's see, hmm, where would I like to go? Now, if it's January in northern Michigan, I'd like to be someplace that starts with an H, like Hawaii, right? 
right? If it's, right, I mean, if, if I'm facing hardship and difficulty, if it's, if it's getting tough for me, if the heat's being turned up on my life, if it were up to me, I'd take myself someplace where there's comfort and ease, right? But you see, God is all about making sure the Son is glorified. We saw it last week when we looked at those first six verses. He's all about God getting the glory and Jesus being glorified as the one who's the sacrifice for our sins. And I think there are a great many blessings that we would totally miss out on if it were left to us to choose where we'd like to go in our service for Christ. Can't you just give me multiple choices, Lord? I mean, just especially something nice, you know, that I would really enjoy and be comfortable doing that I'm, that I'm, that I know I'm capable of doing. You see, we'd miss so many faith building lessons God has for us if it were left to us to choose the way of ease and comfort. That's why I've said so many times, when it comes to serving the Lord, if, if you say, I can't, but I'll do it in the Lord's strength. That's the right attitude to say, I can't. I don't think I'm cut out for that, but I believe the Lord's leading me that way. I'll, I'll trust him to help me be the person. It's okay to say, I think I can. <laughs> it's okay. But, to say, but you need to have the right attitude. It's still God working in me. He's, he's the one who equips me to do what he wants me to do. I, I think about our vacation Bible school coming up and in August, and, and Chris and I spent a great deal of time talking about who, who, who can we get to serve in these different roles. And it's a challenge for us to find, candidly, it's a, it's a challenge for us to find those who are willing to serve. And it's heartbreaking sometimes when we think about the greater ministry of the church, not just vacation Bible school, but many things. And we say, God is giving us an opportunity to serve for his glory so that the gospel might be spread to young hearts and minds, that they might hear the truth. God is giving us an opportunity to go to our neighbors that we live next to and we communicate with and we, and we exchange interests with. God is taking me into this community, into the workplace, so that I might live for his glory, so that I might show people Jesus Christ and witness that, that salvation is only through Jesus Christ. And it's heartbreaking when we see People say, well, that's not me. I'm not, you know, I, I don't think I can do that. I think it's okay to say I don't think I can do that, but it's, I don't think it's okay for us to say I won't do it, right? Because God knows what he's doing. God will take us to the right place, down the right path, to, to the right place at the right time, and he will give us just what we need to help us in that place. Oh, how we need to trust him. Oh, how we need to say yes um, I'm willing to do that with the Lord's help. And I've heard that from so many people in our fellowship over the years. That is so encouraging. When I hear people say, I will do that with the Lord's help because I don't think I'm up to it, but I think the Lord wants me to do it. So I'll do it with God's help. And does God help? Does he? He does, doesn't he? I've heard it. I know you, I know you have testified to me. I'm amazed at how God has helped me through this. I didn't think I could do it. Will you, will you be the ones who say, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll witness to my neighbor the love of Christ because I don't see anybody else doing it. It's going to have to be me. I'm, I'm nervous about it. I'm not sure what I'll say, but I'm going to trust the Lord to give me the words to, to be the example. You can trust him. The disciples could trust Christ. The disciples needed to grow in their trust of God. You can trust him and you have no reason for fear, even though where he takes you is not where you would have taken yourself, right? 
Because where God guides, he also provides. Where God leads, he gives you just what you need in that situation. He provides. You can rest assured that nothing will be of harm to you if you are obediently trusting and following the Lord. I did not say that nothing will be painful for you. I said nothing will be of harm to you, right? Because sometimes when we faithfully follow Christ, he takes us into and through painful situations and we experience pain. But I'm saying, in God's economy, and that's the one that we need to deal with, God's economy, not the world's economy, in God's mind, in God's economy, and in his provision, what what may be painful for us will not be harmful for us, but it will be for our good and for his glory. You need not fear what you perceive, perceive as danger. You need not fear that. If God takes you there, if God leads the way, he also provides, because in all things God is shaping and growing your faith. He is about making you a stronger, more faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Even in death, you can trust God. Think about it. Even in death, you can trust God. Jesus has uh, said it. He said it, it was time to, to do his work because it was still daytime. We noted it in verse 9, yet, yet night would also come. The end of his work would also come. And you see, the time for Jesus to die would come and there would be no circumvention of God's timing. That time would come for the Son at God the Father's appointment. And if we can rejoice, think about this with me, if we can rejoice... And we do, don't we, that God appointed his son to experience death for our sins. We feel unworthy at times, and we should, because we are. And we are humbled because Jesus took the punishment for our sins, and we should be. But we also rejoice, don't we? We rejoice that Jesus took the punishment for our sins. And if we can rejoice in that, if we can rejoice that God appointed his son to experience death for our sins, we can also trust God that even in death, even our, in our own death, his timing and his provision is perfect. Because those who are his own, his, his only sleep, right? Those who are Christ's only sleep. He says, let's go to Lazarus. He's, he's only sleeping. They thought, Resting soundly, he he meant gone, dead, right? His life is gone. Because those who are who are Christ's, and we know this, and we take great hope and confidence in this. Even in death, you can trust God, because those who are who are His only sleep in death. Physical death is not the end for followers of Christ. It's only the end of sin and suffering, isn't it? And for that, we ought to rejoice and look forward to that day He calls us home, because then will be the end of sin and suffering. So Jesus helps his disciples see very clearly that they, they can trust God to lead them, to provide for them, to lead them in the right direction, to the right place, at the right time, because the same wisdom of God the Father in the death of Jesus Christ, that when he takes Jesus to the cross to crucify him for our sins, that same wisdom of God, that same wisdom of God that sets the appointed hour for Jesus' death, is clearly demonstrated by God the Son, Jesus Christ, in, in the fact that he says, let's go. It's still light. It's still time for work. My work isn't finished here. And you need to go. 
You need to go to that place and that time because you need to see something that will strengthen you in your faith. You need to experience something that will grow you in your trust of God. Yes, there were those who wanted Jesus dead, but it was still safe for Jesus to travel into enemy territory because it's not man who's in control of all things, is it? It's not man who's in control. It's God who's in control of all things. God's in control by providential hand, and for that we praise Him. There would be a time when it wasn't safe for Jesus to go, but that too was a part of God's plan, and He would go. He would go into danger knowing that it was time. That too a part of God's plan, and we rejoice at that, don't we? And we praise God for that. And there may come a time for you and for me when God leads on a path of difficulty, and, and, and it's a, pla- a path that takes us to a place we never would have chosen ourselves, but with the Comforter, with the Holy Spirit that God gives, He will guide, He will comfort, He will help you, and we, we, we're going to hear it when we get to John 14, verses 16 through 18, when, when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to His followers, and He says, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Praise God. Yes? So wherever God takes us, we can trust Him. Can't we? Wherever God leads us, We can trust Him. We can follow Him. And wherever God takes us, we can trust Him and say, with Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray, God, that you would strengthen us in our faith, deepen us in our faith, help us to follow you closely, follow your word closely, help us to walk with Christ faithfully, and God, I pray, as we go, as we take steps of obedience, God, I pray, Grow us in our faith. Grow us in our trust of you. That we might look at the trying times that might be in front of us or go into a difficult situation that we think we're ill-prepared for or unequipped for with trust because we know you're leading us. Because we know you're, you're providing for us and you're, you're making the way for us. And you're preparing us for the place that you have us to serve. God, I pray... Help us to have hearts that are willing and, and, and ready to serve you and to honor you and glorify you, even when, even when we have doubts, even when we face fear. God, help us to, to say, wait a minute, I trust in you, Lord, and I'm fearful about this, so help me. Strengthen me. Give me your wisdom. God, help us to call on you and trust in you. And then, Lord, help us to take steps of obedience. And, Lord, we'll know as we walk with you, as we, as we seek to know and obey and live your word, we'll be confident that wherever you take us is the, is the place that we need to be. 
for your honor, for your glory, and for for our good and growth in, in faith and in obedience. God, we pray, help us. Lord, I pray too, open the hearts and minds of unbelievers, those who would say, I'm not sure God really knows what he's doing. I'm not sure God's really in control. Help them to see these truths and to believe them from your word of truth. And God, I pray that you would help them to turn to you in repentance for their sin and trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of their souls and the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ and him alone. God, help us each one to grow in Christ-likeness. Help us as a church to demonstrate our faith by our obedience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.